This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Welcome to the D&D World. Meet you by the art room door In a circle on the hallway floor I made up a new map last night It's got a dragon and a wizard fight By the way, I'm like a super fan of your product So I'm really excited <laughs> to do this Yeah, great have you have you been following the Kickstarter? By the way? I, uh, I have I, I know it went live yesterday And you yeah. it got funded in two hours <laughs> yes so i couldn't believe it <laughs> wow you're it's at 42k now wow <laughs> welcome to the saver die podcast the podcast about classic dungeons and dragons i'm one of your hosts crispy a first level human fighter with a two-handed sword and joining me today is hello gavin norman here i'm a uh, ninth level vivimancer uh, just just reached Name level, um, working up to my tower. Another couple of levels to go there, but I've got I've got lots of uh, evil plans for uh, psychotic experiments I'm going to do in the basement there. <laughs> and today on the show, we're actually going to be talking about uh, a Kickstarter that was just as of this recording launched yesterday and has already been fully funded beyond its initial goal, <laughs> yes. uh, which is the Old School Essentials Kickstarter. Gavin, why don't you tell us a little bit about Old School Essentials? I people will probably be familiar with your name and you know that product line mm-hmm. as it was previously, BX Essentials, yeah. which yeah, we gave exactly. a glowing recommendation for. Yes, thanks guys for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So Old Old School Essentials is essentially it's a revised and deluxe edition of BX Essentials. Um, so it's a it's my attempt to make a hundred percent accurate clone of BX. Um, I I've spent the last two plus years working on this. Um, firstly, in the form of BX Essentials, um, and then when I when I came to build up to this Kickstarter to do a like an all-in-one tome of the rules and of a box set, I I noticed that over the two years working on it, there was some stuff that I definitely thought I could improve. So then it became an actual revised edition. Um, so ju- just in terms of like structuring and editing of the rules, like, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think a project like this is never perfect. You know, I can always do more in retrospect. So it's just been great to get this chance to actually go back to what I did and further polish it. Yeah. Um, now it's in a form that I'm super, super happy with and like ready for deluxe publication. <laughs> <laughs> before the show i was so i do have some notes for things i noticed from because i love yeah. B- bx essentials is like i don't even use my old bx books anymore i right, awesome. <laughs> I use bx essentials when i'm prepping and at the table because it's just yeah. way handier to have that kind of segmented um and i mm. did notice especially in the core rules it, the presentation is completely different and i i do want to yeah. jump into that before we do that what have you been doing in gaming lately um a- apart from all the uh, crazy work on the kickstarter um i've i'm running a uh, an ongoing campaign in my setting dolmenwood 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you heard about Dalmanwood? I have. Well? I've heard great things. I haven't actually yeah. checked it out yet. Right. Okay. It's it's a setting that me and Greg Gorgon Milk invented. Um, we wrote about it in the Wormskin Zine, and I, I've been running this for some years as my like home campaign setting. Um, we uh, we're currently at a point where the characters are like around fourth fifth level. Uh, last session they got energy drained by spectres, so now they're around second or third level oh. again. <laughs> I mean, it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, for me, it was a moment where the players should have run a lot earlier than they did. You know, if, eventually they decided to run. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's kind of a shame that they're back to lower levels again now. But <laughs> I uh, such is life. Yeah, I had. I don't know if you listened to the show, but uh, I had them fight whites uh, in my last okay. home game, yeah. and I did kill someone through energy drain, because right. yeah. they were only third level or so, uh, yeah. but I fudged it and said it missed. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd... Yeah, I, I killed one of the players as well with Spectre energy drain. I think it was yeah. fourth level, so two hits dead. The reason um... why is uh, that... His that that was his second character in the game because I had yeah. I had killed his previous character and I was like two deaths in a row to the same person that seems unfair. <laughs> oh, it was exactly the same scenario for me actually. This this <laughs> character who died um, was a new PC of the player who had previously had a character die about three sessions before. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah. Um. So. For me, uh, as people know, on the on episode one, <laughs> uh, I talked about we were doing a community game. Uh, I did run that super successful, very fun. We're we're playing X two Castle Amber, and uh, you know I I've got a full party of four, so I'm feeling pretty good about that game. Um, and just to let people know, we are doing that game again. It's going to be a continuation of X2. It's drop in, drop out. So if you just want to come in, stay for a couple hours, or, you know, commit as much time or as little time as you want. Um, but that's going to be happening on the 28th of April uh, from 6 to about 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So GMT minus 8 I've been referencing the GMT a lot more, specifically yeah, right. because you and I had to schedule this, because uh, uh, <laughs> you're in Berlin and I'm in Las Vegas, so there's a 10-hour yep. time difference, um, and so... Yeah, requires quite some juggling and math to figure out yeah, which, and, which way the time difference is going and so on. And I had, uh, I had thought to myself, like, oh, well, if other people want to join in who are not in the States, mm, it right. would be a lot easier to give these in, you know, GMT mm. time. So yeah. that's why I've been doing that lately. But uh, yeah, it's been great. Other than that, um, I have been reading 3.5 again, and I'm oh. probably going to be running a 3.5 game. I'll give the thesis for this. I've been looking at the 3.5 rules, specifically uh, in reference to the BX rules, Um mm. And this kind of came about as I was reading through the BX Essentials book. Uh, and I just noticed, like, oh, you know, this particular D6 rule in BX coincides with this particular skill. You know, right. the, yeah. you know spotting secret or spotting mm. uh, enemies would be like a surprise rule. So the spot rule in mm. 3.5 is your, your surprise rule. And then the search 
skill is your you know search for secret doors or, or yeah, traps yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and the yeah. more i looked at it the more these things lined up so my thesis is is that everyone who joined into gaming with 3.5 and didn't have the um the sort of context for how tsr era DD ran has been playing DD incorrectly this entire time so uh, okay interesting i'm interested to see how it's gonna work mm. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, the Kickstarter itself uh, for Old School Essentials. So I kind of wanted to know what the scope of this is. I know the original BX Essentials scope was to have a set of modular books that you can then later on create, you know, if you wanted to do a sci-fi or if you wanted to do a pulp noir. Is that still kind of the goal with this? Yeah, yeah, totally. So th this is something that I noticed in my own games over the last years that like I was using the BX rules, mm -hmm. but there there were huge sections of the books that I wasn't actually ever referencing or using in any way. You know, I, I always tend to replace the standard classes mostly with, with new classes. I'll often use completely new monsters in my campaigns. Often I'll also completely replace the spell list, for example, treasures as well. Mm -hmm. So I kind of noticed that, the, you know, there's a section of the rules that I am using, which is like encounters, combat, you know, the dungeon adventuring, all the classic stuff. But then the rest of the rule books, I'm actually not really using. So th this is where the idea came from that like, oh, actually, right, there is this core of BX that is very flexible and you can actually use for many different kinds of genres of game. And, um, and why not really make cool. a book that just has that? Yeah, and it's really cool that you separated it out because as I was looking at the core of BX, that got me thinking like, oh, the the modern versions of D&D haven't changed from the mm. core aspects of what you're doing in a D&D yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. Which I think is just more like, you know, we Carl and I, both of our favorite edition is BX. So, like it just kind of or or classic, but we both like BX. Um it just sort of like goes to say like they really got the game right bang on from from the jump basically yeah yeah i th i think it's one of these like uh, i don't know what the phrase is but just this like flash of inspiration isn't mm -hmm. it you know like it's just tapping a sort of node of exciting and imaginative gaming which no one had really tapped before and yeah. just getting this like pure kind of archetypal thing from the beginning mm -hmm. I, I mean i don't know the exact history of it but you know as as D, D has been published anyway from the beginning it had this like core to it yeah so let's talk uh before we get into the boring like here's how the books have changed stuff i don't think mm -hmm. it's actually that boring i'm actually super excited <laughs> from what i've read uh let's talk about the campaign itself uh yeah. at this moment you're sitting at uh <laughs> how many how many hundreds of percent over your goal uh ooh, nearly 200 something nearly 300 percent yeah. yeah so the the initial goal was fifteen thousand euros we're now at forty two thousand, so almost 300 percent yeah that's... <laughs> and that's it that's in less than 24 hours and my my uh impression with bx essentials because we we had mentioned this we had heard about it and i'd seen the community talking about it uh you mm. know the bx facebook groups and and all of that yeah. and mm. we were like confused because like is it a retro clone is it what is this and then when we finally checked it out mm. we were really surprised to see that it is it's just a reorganization which i think is great i think mm. we're at it's great that we're at a point where in the osr you can just 
restate the rules and not have to change them to be legally distinct yeah yeah i mean for me i you know i've i've always played pure bx and you know i just wanted to publish something that is the game i play not having to kind of tweak things around just for the sake of it yeah and um, i th i think that's been because just bx essentials has been crazy popular in the community like it I, it's a super beloved you know osr version of bx and i think that's a testament to to how <laughs> how fast this is the second day of the kickstarter being live and you're already at 300 <laughs> percent yeah, you got yeah. funded in I mean, uh, two hours yeah two hours to the funding goal yeah and i think like 10 hours to smash all the stretch goals yeah so i've got to, this evening i've got to come up with some more stretch goals and add them <laughs> and uh so speaking of stretch goals on the uh, campaign i do kind of want to talk about those mm -hmm. um i haven't actually had a chance to check out most of this yet so i'm super excited but uh, yeah, we talked it's only a little been bit. up for a day so yeah well i i i was at work yesterday and i i yep. went to fnm and I come back, and now all the stretch goals are up. So <laughs> I'm I'm super excited about um, a couple of these. Mm. Uh, specifically, I'm I'm really excited about this project just to have the all-in-one book. Um, yep. And I do see that you like you're doing a leatherette printed copy, and it looks like yeah. the rules tome is also getting a ribbon marker, which is just super classy. Yep. I'm yeah, super exactly. excited about yeah. that. Yeah, so there's there's a few few like sort of physical upgrade stretch goals like mm -hmm. the ribbon marker. There's a, we've also got stretch goals now that all the books will have printed end papers. Um, so you know like the the first page when you open the book before you actually get to the content. Um, printed on that page. I haven't designed it yet, but we'll I'll make some like you know taking the most common tables or the most common kind of procedures and putting them on those front and back pages of the book. Um, so that'll be super easy to reference kind of stuff there. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. And then I do want to talk about the GM screen. Yes. So uh, I have a BX screen um, that I mm. made myself by clipping okay. out copies. Right. And then I also have the, the, the new Big Dragon BX screen that right, I yeah. have put I, into one of those customizable ones. I don't have that, but I've heard a lot of really good stuff about it. It's a great screen. Um, yeah. It's super That's, good. That's for the that's like inserts, right? That you can put in the kind of plastic screen yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, right. So, do you know what sort of things are gonna go on your screen? Well, um, I've I've started playing around with it a little bit, um, but it's it's nowhere near in in any kind of final state. Okay. My my kind of aim, if possible, would be to compress the entire of the core rules down onto the back of the screen. And it's a four-panel screen. That's going to be important. Yeah, yeah. Is it landscape or is it portrait? Uh, yeah, landscape. Landscape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure how how possible that will be to have the screen as a like summary of the entire core rules, but uh, we'll see. I know the things I reference most are going to be the uh, sequence of play. Yeah. Uh, and mm. then the combat order. I always mm. forget yeah. the order of phases in combat so <laughs> yeah me then, too yeah it's crazy isn't it despite having played for years i still yeah. can't remember which comes first <laughs> even now it's movement missiles magic melee 
I'm right. almost positive I might have yeah. the first two That's incorrect. A, sounds sounds familiar, yeah, but I, I couldn't swear to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do want to talk, because you've hit this goal already, mm. the art on the screen. Um, yes. I'm super excited about this, yeah, but it's going to yeah, be... They for Peter Mullen illustrations. Yeah, so this this for me was one of the, you know, beyond the basic funding goal of, of producing this game, this for me was one of the two stretch goals that I was like, I will weep if we don't reach this. You know, oh. this is like, it's a stretch goal, but I've got to, you know, we've got to get there. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've commissioned him to draw a complete like four panel, like a, uh, what's it, like a tetraptych. You know, like a triptych, the like three-panel, like a four-panel continuous painting to go on the front of the screen. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just a single illustration. It's, uh, I mean, like in each panel, it's like a continuous thing that's across awesome. the whole front. So, yeah, that is going to be really super cool. Yeah, um, I. So we we gushed about this a little bit before the show, but Peter Mullen is just an amazing artist his stuff is so crazy evocative for sort of that like pulp fantasy conan fafford and the gray mauser kind of grim dark but with a sense of humor kind of yeah yeah oh man i'm i'm really excited to see you know he has he has a real sort of sci fantasy kind of twist Mm -hmm. as well which i really like so yeah i I think this is going to be amazing i'm you know i'm hoping this will make the screen like a really special thing even for people who aren't like dedicated bx fans well yeah so like even if so not to be like a negative nancy but if your screen i really like the new big dragon so if your screen Mm. doesn't have the inserts that i want for the my the dm facing side i would still just print out the peter mullen yeah yeah that's that's an advantage of the uh the like universal kind of screens isn't Mm -hmm. it actually you can mix and match like that yeah, Actually, I have a PDF copy of the Swords and Wizardry uh, screen, mm. which is Peter Mullen. So, not to reference another product because I know we're trying to focus on BX, their old school essentials rather. Um, um, yeah, but he also did. <laughs> he also did a bunch of art for uh, the frogs for Swords mm. and Wizardry. He did the yeah. original core book, and then he did the white box. And mm. uh, it's not available anymore. But at a certain point, there was a a PDF of the Swords and Wizardry screen. I managed to snag 10 years ago or whatever it was now. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, the, the front facing is four different Peter Mullen arts, mm, uh, okay. which I need to actually print out again to put into my universal screen. But I'm mm. very excited for this s- continuous yeah, piece of yeah. art. That's going to be awesome. So I can, I can give a, a kind of hint of what the content will be. I mean, Peter's still at the just initial sketching stage, so I, can, I can't say too much about it. Broadly, the concept is that one one panel on one side will be like the entrance to the dungeon, like uh, maybe a group of adventurers just peering into the entrance of a cavern or evil temple or something like this. And then on the other end of the screen, you'll have like the lair of the big evil ruler of the dungeon. And in the, on the in-between panels, you'll have the kind of minions of chaos facing off against the adventurers delving into the dungeon. I see here uh, the next stretch goal after that was uh, yes. an advanced fantasy add-on. Can you talk a yeah. little bit about that? So this, this is the other stretch goal that I was feeling I would weep if we didn't reach this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did within about 12 hours or something, so <laughs> that's <laughs> not a problem at all. Um, so... 
to to kind of follow on from the like modular approach of the old school essentials rules um i've got a lot of plans for these what i'm calling genre modules mm -hmm. so the the basic bx rules the character classes and the equipment and so on i've called the classic fantasy genre mm -hmm. um but i want to publish more genre rules in in this kind of line so the the first one i've got planned and it's already written actually completely is this advanced fantasy genre rules um so this this brings in a lot of material from kind of inspired by ad and d mm -hmm. um but it's really scaled down to the kind of power level and like rules complexity level of bx mm -hmm. um so this this book has 15 new character classes in it um including six um demi-human race classes so oh Un unlike a lot of yeah a lot a lot of clones that add on advanced stuff go for the full like separate race and class but i'm i'm sticking with the kind of bx concept of race as class and that was going to be my follow-up question was mm. and i i asked this when we uh when we talked to bill barsh about his um right. basic expert remastered kickstarter mm. is how is this going to be set apart from you know the big dog labyrinth lord or advanced labyrinth yeah. lord mm. yeah can you give me, like, all right, so 15 classes is a lot. That's a ton yeah. of classes. So that puts it up to, what, 22 classes Yeah, altogether? 22 classes, yeah, if you combine it with the classic ones, yeah. Are you, can you give me some hints about this? Like, uh, are you going to do, like, is a Dwarven Thief going to be its own racist class? Or are you going to, it sounds like that you're not separating race and class at all. Yeah, no, so the, um... The new book doesn't touch on the classic classes at all, so there's nothing to do with new dwarf kind of subtypes or okay. anything like that. Um, so it's purely new material. So the demi-humans we have are um, Drow, racist class, um, Dwergar, racist class, Gnome, half-elf, half-orc, and Swerfneblin. So <laughs> you can see there's some like pretty pretty kind of wild stuff in there, inspired by Unearthed Arcana AD&D. Okay. Um, which was a it was a lot of fun adapting this material you know like the the material in unearthed arcana is a complete mess to be honest like <laughs> I, I was i was shocked like you know being used to the the original bx books which are pretty nicely presented you know go and edited i think the main point going mm -hmm. to the like wild like uh crazy ravings of Gygax in uh, in full like unrestrained mode with no editing like <laughs> i actually feel the same way about it. we did an episode of rfi where we reviewed mm. it and um that book is so weird it's so weird it's got yeah. some of the best spells in D, &D. yeah yeah totally um yeah. but yeah the class is like the the cavalier and the uh the yeah, barbarian it's just nuts, yeah. Comeliness, I just, I yeah, don't care yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, for for me, like, there's a lot of cool ideas in there. Like, mm -hmm. I, I really like the idea of a, a cavalier or a knight kind of class. It's a nice kind of archetype. But the way it's written in Anatokana is absolutely insane. So it was a lot of fun adapting that kind of material to a toned-down BX kind of power level. What is the uh, what's the backer level to be able to get a? Are these going to be printed as physical books or PDF? Yeah, both. So um, the the advanced books are add-ons. 
So anyone who backs the campaign can choose afterwards in backer kit to add on these extra books. Okay. Is there a level where you get all of these additional add-ons? There's not, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. Don't know. No special reason why I didn't do it like that, but yeah. All right. I'm I'm super... Man, I'm really interested in this now. Um, are they going to work anything like your um, BX Warrior and BX Rogue books? No, no. No, okay. nothing like that. No. So they're... They're very much in the same mechanical vein as the original BX classes. So, to to give an example, say the um, you I don't know, want you to give up the... too much. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I've I've written a, a lot about this already on my blog, so okay. it's like I'm not I'm not revealing stuff that shouldn't be revealed. Um, and the the book is written already, so it's like it'll be published soon anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, an example like we you have the classic magic user class in the advanced book obviously you've got the illusionist which is very similar mechanically but has a different spell list mm -hmm. um then you've got the gnome class which is um sort of like you know like the halfling is sort of a thiefy fightery demi-human the, the gnome is going to be an illusionist fighter yeah it's a, it's a kind of thiefy illusionist okay um so kind of combining different aspects of those classes um, the drow, for example, is, uh, so you've got the classic elf, which is like half fighter, half magic user. Mm -hmm. The drow is like half fighter, half cleric. So I went oh. with the thing that they are like, uh, priests of like weird subterranean deities, maybe spider deities, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, that's a kind of a bit of a different twist on the kind of classic classes. I really um, like that. That's that's super cool, actually. Yeah, I'm really happy with how that worked out, actually. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of these classes, like, yeah, they're sort of, they're sort of using elements of the classic BX classes, but combining them in different ways, which actually is really cool when when you see the resulting class. Like, yeah, I know Carl will be when he listens to this. I know he'll be super excited for that because. Uh, just talking to him, and I don't want to speak for him, but like I know that's his favorite thing to see instead of just powering down the mm. um, the older, like, they're not older, but the like AD and D classes and the, mm. the AD D AD and D versions of things. I mm. I know he loves seeing whole cloth creations and keeping right. with that racist class sort of archetypal yeah. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not sure I've I've personally never come across racist class Drow or Dwergar or Swerf Neblin before. Yeah, maybe someone's I. done it, but it's it's certainly not a kind of common thing anyway. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really really happy with the result and like super excited that we've got the funding to publish this now. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit mm -hmm. on these. Yep. And I see that one of the uh, stretch goals that you've unlocked is an SRD website. Yes, that's super indeed. cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, this this is actually we're going to announce another stretch goal later that enhances this further. Um, so what what has been unlocked now is the classic like hyperlinked website of the complete rules. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be all all of the like open game content of old school essentials online in a referenceable form. Um, we've got, I'm going to announce another stretch goal later, which will add, um, actual interactive elements to that. So like generators, like, um, you know, all, all of the kind of complex 
tables and procedures you have in BX in places like, for example, the treasure tables. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do a like one click. Give me treasure type M click. You know this kind of thing, and it will generate <laughs> awesome. the treasure type for you. Um, you know, also there's the another example is the like NPC character generator, mm -hmm. um, like the NPC party generator. Yeah, yeah. So pretty complex if you go through the whole process manually rolling up each character, rolling the magic items, rolling their hirelings. Yeah, yeah. So we we're gonna do a generator for that as well. So you know, one click is your NPC party. Um, so that is really exciting like i i'm not sure what what backing level that's going to be yet but okay. to be announced later today yeah so i do want to jump in talking about because you gave us some proofs for uh three of the bullets yeah. mm -hmm. um is it still going to be the uh setup separated into the five uh like rules modules for the yeah uh... Uh, i only gave you the first three okay yeah Okay, yeah, yeah, so there will be five. So there's, um, for the booklets in the black box, it's um, core rules, classic fantasy adventures, uh, sorry, genre rules, so that's the character classes and equipment, um, cleric and magic user spells, classic fantasy monsters, and classic fantasy treasures. So that's the five books in the box set, mm -hmm. um, which more or less maps to the original BX Essentials kind of structure of things. Yeah. The core rules have changed pretty significantly from what I've yeah. been reading, um, yeah. and I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Mm. Uh, it looked yeah, like cool. the spell book was uh, was more or less the same. I see that there's yeah. going to be some new art, because we've got placeholder gray boxes for that mm. in the yep. proofs he sent us. Um, but it looks like it, it maps out to be pretty close to it. I do yeah. want to bring up something, because I know this was a criticism we had had for mm. the class book. Uh, mm. I noticed that every class now is a two-page spread, whereas yes. previously the halfling and the fighter were a single yeah. page. Yeah, yeah. I, ju I just felt that it made more sense structurally to make them all consistent like that, and that means we get a nice big illustration of a fighter, because there's not much text on the fighter class. Yeah, so. I mean, it's not, it's not a ton. Um, yeah. And then I, the core rules have changed pretty significantly. Uh, this is something we had talked about uh, on mm. the show, and I believe you and I also talked about it uh, in uh, PM yeah. or was comment this, threads. Was this about the alphabetical organization? Yeah, the organization's yeah, changed. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I'd forgotten that it was you guys that were one of the main people that pointed this out originally. Yeah, cool. Well, it's come full circle now. Yeah. Here we are talking about it. <laughs> I want to upfront say I love this new organization it reads right, awesome. it's it reads less like a system reference document mm. uh, where it's yeah. in alphabetical order and it it reads like a game system now mm. which i think yeah. is great yeah yeah i feel the same yeah it's um i think d ditching the alphabetical organization of the core rules really allowed me to kind of order things in a sensible order mm -hmm. for leading someone into the game you know imagining someone who's uh new to bx coming to this you know you want your information about the player characters up front then the character creation you know then maybe the like how do you make an adventuring party you know then like how do you have a dungeon adventure like this this kind of leading in which is impossible with alphabetical organization of the rules yeah so yeah i'm i'm really really happy with how that change went i, I started it just as an experiment actually when when you and others were talking about it online, mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, interesting. Yeah, I wonder how that would look, and just just played around in in design, like 
moving sections of text around. Yeah. And it's after a while, be... it was so obvious it was a much better way of doing <laughs> it that I committed to it. It's going to be great, I think, um, when you get the full one tome rule yeah. set. Uh, it's just going to be set up like a, like an RC almost. I, I think it's going to mm. be really cool to see right. how that all comes together. Yeah. I'm very excited for the single rule stone. I'm like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's not... I'm waiting for that. I think I won't use it personally in my games. I like the individual little books. Mm -hmm. But I think for reference, it's brilliant. Yeah, just having yeah. everything right there. So one thing I had, I had thought with this as well, that mm. I know it's the BX rules that mm. everyone knows and loves. Um, yeah. But this, it feels like its own game now. Especially with the, the thought process to make it a modular... Uh, mm. system where you can do different genres with it right yeah um was that like were you planning on that or was it still just supposed to be a uh a, a representation of the bx rules i th i think it's something that um has evolved like as i said that that was the original intention of bx essentials the original version of the mm -hmm. game um but because it was kind of a it was a kind of development process getting to the point I'm at now. And oh, like through that process of a couple of years' work, it kind of crystallized more in my mind how exactly this kind of modular setup could work. Um, and I, I think with, with the core rules now, you know, in the introduction, I've made it very, very explicit explaining how this modular idea works. Um, so I, th I think it's, yeah, it's just a thing of the... The kind of crystallization of an idea now has reached a, an actual finalized point where it all makes sense. Whereas before, I think that wasn't totally clear in BX Essentials. Okay. Um, man, I'm super excited for this. I'm so I'm really happy for you. Like, I'm I, BX Essentials has been great. Like, I I love I have all of them in physical form. Uh, mm. I also have the BX Warrior and the BX Rogue. I'm just, I feel bad because, like, you come on the show and it's it's very biased. I'm a big fan of, like, just <laughs> your game design and, like, specifically right, awesome, your thanks. graphic design. Yeah. Uh, this is, and it's true for the original version of your Essentials products, but mm. I think you're one of the best graphic designers and layout people working in the rpg field today oh, wow wow thanks like everything's I, on a single page like for yeah the most yeah part, you know i mean this, or a two -page this is spread. to me the big focus yeah like i i don't think i'm a you know i'm not a graphic designer per se like i don't think my sort of in terms of like visual design like artistic kind of looking mm -hmm. i don't think i have a great aptitude but this this like uh i guess it's more like information design is uh really what i focus on like yeah, usability, making sure nothing uh, kind of runs over two pages so you have to flip the page, mm -hmm. like making sure all the information is right in one place where you need it. Um, that's that's really the big focus of Old School Essentials. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say in the core book, I so mm. it's mostly just the, the systemic stuff. So, you know, spell books, um, vehicles, boats uh yeah. how to do combat how to do evasion and pursuit mm. um one thing i noticed was at the back you mm. included um sample treasures so you you gave in this and i don't think it was in the original core book i'll take a look yeah this this is something that's changed a lot actually 
Yeah, you you included the uh, the treasure types and the percentages right in the core books towards the yeah. back. Yeah, so the the idea of that was that I, I was imagining, like, um, you know, if I want to make a uh, an alternative treasures book, so, like, say, like, uh, a sort of science fantasy, like, ancient alien um, artifacts treasures book, um, would would I want to replicate the, the whole, like, uh, treasure tables, you know, the, like, types, like A to V, whatever, um, would I want to replicate all the basic rules for magic items, like about identifying them, um, how potions work, all this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And essentially, I wouldn't. You know, that that stuff feels like core rules. Um, what what is modular? So what would go in an alternative treasures book like this is just the magic items themselves. Um, so and yeah, unfortunately, I didn't send you that PDF apparently. But oh, the, that's okay. Yeah, the the. Uh, classic fantasy treasures now is literally just the magic items so it doesn't so all of the like rules for generating treasures and for the basic rules about magic items are in the core rules now i actually really like that change just the items right yeah because um the adventures and treasures book for bx essentials it's got you know the designing a dungeon and then the treasure tables and stuff like that and you're right that's that stuff does feel like core rules and you've Mm. Yeah. In this, you've included that into this. So yeah. you've got, you know, your adventure scenarios, your dungeon design rules, which uh, your wilderness design rules, your your base design, all of which, mm. <laughs> you know, dungeon design, two pages. So it's, you know, starts on the even page, ends on the odd page. Yeah. And then that's yeah, just, ah, man, that's, that's the smartest <laughs> design thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, I right. cannot... I'm, I'm really glad enough. you dig it. It's yeah. I mean, I I'm really happy with it, but it's it's great to you know talk with someone else who appreciates that. Like I own, I mean, I own every edition of classic D anD D, so I've yeah. got copies of all of it. And uh, you know, sometimes just as someone who started in the third edition era, when mm. you know they've kind of they nailed down the graphic design and the layout of what an RPG book should, mm. how it should flow. Uh, yeah. You've kind of mirrored that here. And I, I think that's super smart because right. I think these rules are better. I think the BX rules are better than any other mm. rule set. Um, it's just the being split between two books. And then they hadn't quite figured out layout for the most part, uh, taking those rules and, and updating them, I think makes this a, a great tool to, bring new people in yeah i mean i i love bx i love the original bx books but you know they're not perfect and like a lot has been learned in the last 40 years about how to present rules and Mm -hmm. i yeah i just felt i could add something to that classic rule set by presenting it and structuring it in a kind of updated way um yeah so great to hear that you think i've succeeded in that I did want to ask one last thing here. You put Ascending Armor class into the game. Yes. <laughs> um, this this was a tricky one. You know, obviously, as a BX purist, I I don't use Ascending Armor class myself. Um, I think Descending Armor class is 
perfectly fine as a system i i don't you know you see online a lot of people saying like I, i'll never play a game with descending armor class like it's broken it's so confusing all this stuff like you know i don't, I don't know how to subtract <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it's not complex it's you either not. subtract or you just look up a little table on your sheet like, yeah oh my god problem? i um, <laughs> i had the same criticisms <laughs> of those criticisms yeah um so that that's not why i put it in i don't agree with those criticisms but you know i want i want to make the bx rules accessible to um as many people as possible um and ju just due to the you know, looking at reviews of BX Essentials, videos, stuff like this. Like the number of comments from people saying like, oh yeah, it looks amazing, but it's got Descending Armor class, I won't play it. I just thought like, ah, maybe, how hard is it to add Ascending Armor class for people like that, just to make it more accessible? Um, the answer is it's very easy to add it. Yeah, it's just a, so, a reference number next to the, the Thaco. Yeah. So that, that was the reason for it. Like, um, it, it, it is... Uh, I think unjustifiably, but it is a blocker for a lot of people in getting into old school D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think that's a real shame. And it's, it's easy to accommodate these people. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. And I think that's a really smart move because I think more than any other clone that I've seen, at least, uh, you know, I'm not going to profess to be a retro clone or a rules restatement expert, but Sage. out of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, out of, uh, you know, Labyrinth Lord and, and Swords and Wizardry, uh, which are the two I'm most familiar with. And mm. I guess Holmes 77, which I don't think you can even get anymore. Um, okay, no. Yeah, I don't one. think that's even available <laughs> anymore. Right. Um, I do think that this would be, this would be the tool I would use. Like, or just mm. BX Essentials itself is the tool I would use to teach people old school D&D. Right. And I think this will be great for that as well, because... Yeah, yeah. That barrier of entry to mm. i find that that criticism is more a barrier to entry for people who already play role-playing games mm. I, I think that you know yeah saying hey roll your number and then compare it to the table on your mm. character sheet and if you hit this number you succeed in at hitting it and every number mm. below it it's not hard it's mostly people who already play you know, fifth yeah, edition. I think third that's edition. it. Like, if if you're completely new to RPGs and the DM tells you, yeah, look up a number on the table, it's like, okay, cool, totally yeah. fine. But I think, yeah, it's it's people who have grown up on third, fourth, fifth edition, and other games that use the D20 system, ascending armor class. Like, I guess it's just so ingrained that people just feel uncomfortable and weird changing <laughs> a fundamental thing like armor class like that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's all I have for you um, on this. Cool. So yeah. as of now, there's how many days left on the uh, Kickstarter? Uh, 29. Everything 29 minus days. 24 hours, so 29 days, yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm planning to get this out as quickly as possible. So there's still plenty of time for people to create yeah. more work for you and create more stretch goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can you give us a hint? We talked about this a little bit uh, since you've already blown through all of your existing stretch goals. Yeah. Is there anything you can reveal, um, you know, down the line that you really want to do that maybe, you know, you need, you're what, 67? No, you're at, uh, you're at 48,000 
USD right now. Yeah. So right. say something, you know, <laughs> along the lines of like 70,000, 75,000 that you want to do. Yeah. Um well, I I will I will say I don't want to go crazy on this. Like the the goal is to get this product published at very high quality and quickly. Mm-hmm. So I I'm definitely not going to be adding like stretch goals for like and I'll produce another 10 books or whatever like this, you know. <laughs> yeah. That would just delay the whole thing by years, which mm-hmm. is is not what I want at all. I want to get this finished. One thing that I have in mind that I discuss a bit is the the um, enhancements to the SRD site with the generators. Mm-hmm. So that would be a stretch goal higher up. Um, another thing is there's there's an intro adventure, um, which is free to all backers in PDF or print, depending if you've got a physical or digital reward level. Um, so that that has just been unlocked, the stretch goal for that. So we'll pre- be producing that, definitely. Um, so there's going to be more enhancements to that. Like, for example, there's a stretch goal I've got planned out to have that in full color. So all of the interior illustrations uh, by James West will be in full color for that. Oh, wow. Um, so that should be pretty tasty when we... Or, if if slash when we get there (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool uh i just thought of one more question what are your plans Mm. for uh, retail for this yeah i mean there's there's a um there's a couple of reward levels on the kickstarter where retailers can back to get like a set of five of the books or a set of five of the box sets or five of each Mm -hmm. um so yeah any retailers who are interested definitely can back that um after the campaign is finished, once once all this is actually published for real, mm-hmm. um, I'm always interested in collaborating with retailers to get the stuff out there. It's it's just a case of who I have contacts with, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if if any retailers hear this, then get in touch. Very happy to discuss getting stuff into your shops. And is the game going to be available for purchase after the Kickstarter? Yeah, 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 totally. So. Hopefully, the Kickstarter will pay for a larger print run than just the number of backers, you know. So mm-hmm. there should be should be lots available for sale to people who didn't get in on the Kickstarter. And then say if um, someone misses the Kickstarter and they that is the case that you're able to do a, uh, a larger print run, where would mm. they be able to purchase the products? Uh, so it'll be for sale at necroticgnome.com will be the where you can buy the print versions. The PDFs will also be available drive-through. So, um, yeah, but because it's not a print-on-demand product, the we can't sell the print product at drive-through. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have for you. Thank you for coming on the show and yeah, cool. one Pleasure letting me you. pick your brain and two fanboy out about the product. <laughs> And Peter Mullen, yeah. And Peter Mullen, definitely. (laughs) Um, So the Kickstarter, again, it's got almost a full month left on it. Uh, We'll leave a link in the show notes to that. And uh, again, you know, uh, I've been crispy. I've managed to actually find a magical plus one shield over the course of this. So I'm going to have to go down to that lower damage dice and start using a (laughs) one-handed weapon. (laughs) And uh, I've I've managed to find my first experimental subjects uh, lost in the woods. So I'm dragging them down to my basement to implant uh, brain leeches in them. Please. <laughs> <Jeez, the> <laughs> right, and <laughs> thanks for listening, chaotic, everybody. Chaotic alignment. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Take care.
Cheers, bye. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Great! Why not head over to patreon.com slash WGP and support that show for as little as dollar a month. Dollar a month goes a long way to helping support the network Wild Games Productions. Again, that's patreon.com slash WGP. Thank you. Hilda and Leothward are fleeing from the dungeon where they encountered this strange beast in the green water. And they're making their way across Karamikos, across Mokstara, and coming to their first human settlement. Ahead of you, you see a town. It's a high-walled city, and... um, uh, I don't have a uh, I don't have a name for it because this is Mokstara, so I don't I don't know enough about Karamikos to name it. Same, I can't help you there. Hold on, I'm just gonna pull off a map. Did you know Mistara was real big? <laughs> I do, I do know that. <laughs> Jesus, well you don't know what it's called. That's what I say. You guys don't know. You're new here. You see a high walled city. Uh, There's no like billboard. Like on the road towards Welcome it, this to... is like <laughs> Latmore, Latmore, Caramico City population. You see, here's the thing: Courtney has at her disposal a huge list of fantasy names that nobody would even ever second guess or know about because she studied anatomy and physiology for years and years and years so she knows all of these bones and tissues and 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 muscles that most people i would imagine don't have a clue that that's what those words are so she could she could pull stuff out uh uh, from her education and just name a wizard or whatever town whatever (laughs) be xiphoid if you want a medical word yeah see i mean that's a more common one but still you know where the xiphoid is? I don't know where it is, but I've heard xiphoid process. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's under your sternum. It's that yeah, little it's the tip of your sternum. Yeah, it hangs out and it's jagged. Like I would say, patella is less known than that. That's no. your kneecap, Carl. No, patella is more known yeah. than xiphoid. Patella is more known than xiphoid. That's... How about the manubrium? No I don't know the, the manubrium. kind of manubrium though. It's the top of the sternum. See, manubrium would be a great name for a town. Welcome to it Manubrium. Be, it should be Manubria. And honestly, I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I, I, pr- I have to pronounce things the way... If I don't know how they're pronounced, I pronounce the way they're spelled. That way I could spell them correctly on test. Manubrium. And a lot of it's regional. The way well, you pr- got it, you got it totally here. right. According to dictionary.com. Manubrium. It's Manubrium. Well, and it's, there's words that... I learned a certain way in Arkansas that if I went to <laughs> Washington State, they pronounce it differently. You know, sure. You guys like generally aren't super southern. Like Courtney is typically more southern than Carl, right. but the way you just said Arkansas is the most southern way I've heard anyone say Arkansas. <laughs> All right, Hilda, so we came up to town. Hilda and Leothward are approaching a high-walled city called Manubria. <laughs> They have uh, fled from the cave where they encountered this strange beast in the green water, and they see a high-walled city in front of them. Uh, They are still wounded uh, from the beast's uh, breath weapon, and uh, the city is on the horizon. 
you make it safely to this human settlement and they are side-eyeing you a little bit you are a dwarf and an elf either of you by yourself uh would be a sight to see for this town but the two of you together is doubly strange and uh even more so than that just because uh typically these are peoples who are not uh usually traveling alone together uh so seeing an elf and a dwarf enter this town has has really kind of caused some hustle and bustle some uh, communication running down the streets. I mean, there are people who are kind of peering out shop windows just to get a good look at you guys. So uh, you are not going to have any type of subtlety or or uh, hide your identity in this town or possibly any human town just because of how strange it is to see an elf and a dwarf as travel companions. So, hmm. I guess we should get used to being the odd couple. <laughs> Upon entering the town, you quickly find a uh, tavern to kind of uh, drown your sorrows in. Your uh, first adventure did not go nearly as well as you'd hoped, being driven out of the cave by a a large creature you were not prepared for. uh, And you are set down across from each other, uh, L in hand. I usually call this healing potion. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna drink my ale in in disappointed sadness. Do I have ale or do I have wine? I feel like uh, that would be up to you. He's definitely a wine kind of guy. Definitely a wine kind of guy. And this is a big enough city you could get either. What else going on around us in the tavern? Like, well, is there's it full. Is it empty? Is it? It it's 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 full and filling up. You're the biggest news to happen uh, here in a while. So uh, mm-hmm. once you guys made it to the tavern and people heard about that, and since the tavern is a public building that anybody can go into and get a drink and uh, kind of spend some time there, more people have, have started pouring in. And um, a gentleman approaches your table and he sits down and uh, he says, Hello there to the two of you. Hello and, uh, there. Hello. Hello. I am, uh, my name is, uh, my name is, is, uh, it's, you know what my name is? I'll tell you what my name is. My name is Jan, and, uh, yeah, I'm Jan. I am Jan, and I, uh, I want to talk to you, uh, ma'am, ma'am? What's the proper way to talk to a dwarf? What, what, what should I call you? Like, you want to know my name? I don't know. I don't know. What's the polite way to say it? You can call me Hilda the Great. Hilda the Great. That's very funny. Um, my name is Jan, like I said, and mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you, Hilda, because I am a great drinker. Okay. And, and I have heard that dwarves are great drinkers. Dwarves do many things great. And I want to drink with you. I'm not buying these drinks. No, no, I will buy all the drinks. Not wasting my time on your games, but I do enjoy a drink. I will buy all the drinks. We will drink together, Jan and Hilda the Great. Well, if Why you're, is if it you're buying they... drinks, I mean, <clears throat> hello. Yes. Oh, yes. Of uh, course, you you would need to. My friend here likes to drink as well. You are a great drinker. Of I course, I'm a great drinker, but I hardly Shh. ever let it go you, down from the pipe anymore. Of course, of course, you are a great drinker. Shh, don't just yes, yes. He's a great drinker. Buy him drinks too. 
You will drink ale with us. Oh. No, 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 no. If you're going to drink with us, buy my friend the wine. I will drink the ale. What I want to do is I want to outdrink you. Why? Is this a thing that you want to do? <laughs> because I have beaten everybody in here in my drinking contest, but I have never faced a dwarf. Oh, so for some sort of bragging rights? Yes, I want to tell everyone that I can outdrink anybody in this town and any dwarf out of it. What's in it for me? I like gold. Do you have any gold if I outdrink you? Yes. Well, how much gold would you like to wager? Uh, how I much would gold like do I have? <laughs> 20 silver pieces. That's for sure. That's not going to go very far. And two gold pieces. <laughs> oh. I would like to wager a song. A what? A, a song. Like a, like an like an ancient tale of of heroes. Like like one that inspires courage uh, amongst your community and, and brings brings to heart feelings of camaraderie in, in your community and helps you get through the hard times. And if I win, then you have to tell me a story I've never heard before. And if you win, I have to tell you a story you've never heard before. So Jan stares stares at you for uh, uh, a few... Uh, it feels longer than it probably is. And you're not sure how he's taking any of this. And then, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> okay! Jan, is that your name? Jan is my name. Okay. I don't know about these songs my friend's going to sing you. They're amazing, and you would love to hear them. But, dwarves, we like gold. So, if I win, you pay me five gold. If you win, I'll pay you five gold. Deal? Okay. Five gold to the winner. So here is my drinking game mechanic that I have made up. For each drink you take, you are going to roll a d4. And the first person to accumulate more than their constitution falls out of the game. Oh. Oh, no. Now, because Crispy is drinking wine instead of uh, L, he's going to roll mm -hmm. a d3. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> Game in the system. <laughs> so, Jan sits down a cup of L in front of him and a cup of L in front of Hilda and a cup of wine, a goblet of wine, <laughs> a dainty a dainty drifter of wine um, in front of Leothward. And we're all going to roll our dice. And he rolled a one. So he's, he's, he's doing good. I rolled a one. I rolled a three. All right. So, Jan's sitting strong after his first drink. So is Crispy after his drink of wine. Doing good. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that first drink hit Hilda pretty hard. <laughs> okay. So, you're reeling a little bit from that drink, Hilda. Uh, uh, Leothward's doing fine on drop of his wine. And Jan sits down another drink. And we all roll again. Ew. Dang it. <laughs> three. I got a three as well. All right. Well, Jan also took a pretty strong drink that time and is feeling uh, uh, pretty happy. And he starts uh, 
uh, uh, laughing and, and singing and saying, I'll have such a good story for you, Master Elf. <laughs> Do I know the song that he's singing? Can I join in? No, it's like this. La, 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 la. <laughs> it's, not, it's not any actual song. It's just like nonsense. He's just um, kind of uh, uh, coming up with... Uh, uh, you know, like like if you would if you were singing at uh, like <laughs> I'm going to my car and getting my keys. You know, it's that except in like medieval like like sitting at the table with a dwarf and elf sitting at the table. I am not by myself. I'm drinking all the elf. The elf drinks the wine. If we drink some more, we will be so fine. Oh, drinky, 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 drinky. That kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that got recorded. <laughs> okay. And another drink gets passed around. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I got a one. Rolling threes, like... Am I going to win this competition? <laughs> you might. You might. Can you start watering the aisle? All right. Do you all drink again, or do you have a different plan? I rolled a two. No, he's drinking. So Jan drinks. I rolled a two. See, you got you got one more round. Ish. Maybe. Jan does not seem very phased at all by his drink that he just took. No. Oh. He says, This is this L is getting is getting weaker by the day. They're they must have served us the good stuff up front. You gotta admire that. I will order the next round of drinks. Okay. And uh I'll tell the I'll like pull the waitress in real close and be like Oh, my friend here is saying that your your ale's very weak. You should give him the good stuff. <laughs> okay. That seems like a good plan. All right. Um, I don't even know if you had to be secretive about that. She'll look at Jan and go, Jan! <laughs> is our ale not strong enough for you? Well, don't insult our business like that. Come on, we'll get you some ale. And she goes around and talks to the uh, uh, tavern keeper, and uh, they seem very cordial, possibly uh, related. And um, they bring out uh, uh, some some more ale for all of you. And she sits down, L in front of Crispy, L in front of Jan, and L in front of Hilda. And she's like, here's some strong drink for you. Wait, an ale in front of all of us? Yep. I don't know. And so now, with this drink, I want everyone to roll a d6. Well, I rolled a three. I rolled a four. So I'm over. I still have maybe one more drink in me. So, um, you are right on the edge, Crispy. And uh, you see uh, Jan and Hilda uh, both slump over and rest their heads on the table. And uh, 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 kind of, kind of uh, pass out very, very, very close at the same time, and you are sit uh, uh, left, looking over your uh, drinking buddies, the sole survivor of the drinking contest, and the crowd erupts, cheering and hooping and hollering at the victorious elf who outdrank both their burliest drinker and a dwarf. Just gonna be like lightweights. <laughs> So, 
Leothward has proven victorious, if not over Monster, at least over L, and sits victorious as the local drinking champion in this uh, walled city. Jan owes Leothward a story that Leothward has never heard before. Join us next time to hear that story and for more adventures with Hilda and Leothward in Mokstara. Thank you for listening. The Savor Die Podcast is a production of Wild Games Production and it's produced for entertainment purposes only. The music used in the intro and outro is by Tripod and used with permission. Be sure to visit the Savor Die crew at saverdie.info for more information. If you'd like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash WGP. Love me, that's nothing.